Good morning again. Now, uh, as, we, as you know, we've been going through a series called Vintage Christmas. We're on the last one of the, of the series. We went through talking about the Christmas star. We talked about the Christmas missionaries, which were the shepherds. We talked about the, the uh, um, first couple, Mary and Joseph. And, what, and, the, and through the series, we, we've kind of touched on key items or key things that were about Christmas and, and, and what... Um, and different, different things that we celebrate as we go into the, the, the Christmas season and we look at all these different elements that we, we worship with and, and we celebrate like our, our, our you know, the, the, tr- the star up on the sky and the Christmas tree. And, and this is our last one. Uh, you know, and, and as all the stuff that we see throughout the world that during this time and throughout our country during this time, what's the, what's the number one thing we see? What, what's celebrated even, even outside the Christian church or outside the body of Christ? <clears throat> Excuse me. What, what are some things that, uh, that we see? And it's the, are you laughing at me, Jan? It was, I, I talk so much that I hiccup and talk at the same time. I'm sorry. What can I say? I'm a preacher. Um, so what's the, what's the one thing that we see in every home or just about every home? And that is the Christmas tree. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing that this is the most popular symbol of the Christmas season. And, and have you ever wondered about the history of the Christmas tree? I did, you know, because I have actually never studied it until now what the significance of the Christmas tree was. And in my studies, I found some interesting things. And, and, and so I wanted to talk about a little bit of history, and then we'll get into the scriptures. And, and so uh, the, the history of the Christmas tree is long before Christianity People um, would, or they would take plants and trees and other uh, evergreens, and, and they had a special meaning to the people during winter. They celebrated different religions and different faiths, and it was the, the winter solstice. And they would put, don their, their houses full of these winter greens as a symbol of life during the winter. Like today, they, they would take uh, Christmas uh, uh, trees and elements, and, and they'd put it in their house and decorate them and um, and they would put evergreen tree branches over the doors and over the windows. Romans decorated their house with, with branches of, of pine trees and, and fir trees. Ancient inhabitants of northern Europe cut down evergreen trees and planted them in, the, in boxes and brought them into their house. I thought it was interesting. It's been, even, this is all before Christ. They were doing this. By the Middle Ages, the le- a legend had grown that when Christ was born, all the trees shook the ice off because they thought that Jesus was born dead winter and all the trees around the world shook the ice off of these trees. And, 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 that's, and that's why they, and they, and the trees would produce new growth and therefore they would, this new life with Christ and they would take these, these trees and put, it in, and put it in their houses for that. Now at the same time in the Middle Ages that was going on, and this, this legend was going around the community and around the world. Missionaries up in the German and, and uh, Slavic people groups up in northern Europe, they were already doing these pagan rituals with the, with the trees and the, and, and the evergreens. And these missionaries were up there, and they didn't really want to, they were a little bit more liberal when it came to, to the cultural differences. And so they were looking at it, it's like, okay, that's not too big of a deal. Now, it doesn't mean that they were, worshiping pagan religion but they were basically saying this is just a cultural thing and it's not that big of a deal and so they also were participating in this and see these these missionaries thought that that symbols 
also could be converted. People can be converted by Christ, but so can symbols. Symbols could go from a pagan symbol and be turned into a Christian symbol. And they believed that, so they, so they would participate in this cultural thing throughout the area in order to reach people for Christ. Germany is credited to have started the first Christmas tree. As a matter of fact, rumors have it. Now, the, I, I've done research on both of this and Martin, uh, about Martin Luther. Some people say that Martin Luther started the first Christmas tree. Uh, but the research I've found suggests that Martin Luther was the one that really started candles on a Christmas tree. And so what he, what he was doing was he uh, was walking through the woods thinking about a sermon, and he saw the, the sparkle of the, the stars up in, above the tree line. And he just thought how beautiful that was. And so he went home and he, and he brought in a tree and he decorated it with candles to represent this, this beautiful picture that he saw as he was writing this, this sermon. And so he, he shared that with his family. And, and so they say that that's kind of the start of the modern Christmas tree was around that time. Years later, uh, Victorians, uh, the, uh, Queen Victoria and, his, and her husband Prince Albert in the 1800s also uh, were, were instrumental in, in introducing the Christmas tree the way we know it today. I would say if you look through history, the Christmas tree really... The way we celebrate it today, the way we look at it today, is really mostly from Queen Victoria. And around uh, in 1841, Queen Victoria had, had a picture done of her husband and kids and this huge Christmas tree just decorated, just completely magnificent. And, and because of that, that picture went around and, and it was at Windsor Castle. And at this point, Christmas presents were actually hung on the tree instead of underneath. Now, German and Dutch settlers moved there across the ocean to settle here in America in the mid-1800s. And this, this picture, this image of this, this happy middle-class family giving gifts to each other around a tree was popular with the, the writers of that time and the civic leaders because normally at, at that time, Christmas was about a lot of drinking was going on, a lot of different things were going on, a lot of feuding was going on. And so they thought, hey, you know, this is a way to get that, that civil unrest to calm down. This is a way to produce a family-friendly Christmas. And so this, this movement actually was popularized by a, a and it helped with uh, Clement Moore's uh, 1822 poem, It Was the Night Before Christmas. And when we, when we hear that poem, that's really where it kind of started in the mid-1800s, what we see today. See, as many of us have made trees and, and gifts that center our, uh, around our own Christmas, I mean, all of us here probably have a Christmas tree in our home. Would you agree? We probably have some presents underneath. Wouldn't you agree? See, we, and many of us make trees and gifts the center of our own Christmas practice. But we would do well to remember that they're ultimate symbols or of the one who gave himself to unite heaven and earth and who brings all barren things to flower. As we celebrate Christmas this year, as we coming up in our, our final week before Christmas, as we come up to the end of the season, remember the original Christmas tree, which is the cross. Christ came to earth in a very, a very purpose of giving his life on the, on the Calvary, on a tree in Calvary. It was an original Christmas tree that set us free. Our Bible verse today is in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Take a look at it with me. 
Today, a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. This will be a so- the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in the feeding th- uh, trough. Before we dig into this message and into this verse, let's pray. Father God, as we look at your word and we study your word, open our hearts and our minds to you. We ask the Holy Spirit to be here today as we, as we look at this, this verse and we examine it a little bit closer. We want to learn from you, Lord. We want to conform to your ways, not ours. So open our hearts and our minds to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. This message, the message sent to earth was this, of a, a Savior is born. Now, if you look closely at that verse that we've read, you notice that it, it didn't say a, a baby was born. Notice that it's very specific. It says a Savior is born. Okay, this is very important. Because, he, because you know what? These, there's babies all over that was born. But no, they were very specific here. Notice that it said a Savior is born. Sometimes we lose sight of that in Christmas. See, we, we lose sight of that. We, you know, God didn't place our, our gift under a tree. He placed our gift on a tree. That tree of Calvary, that cross. Christmas is really about a savior. It's not just about a a baby. It's not about a tree. It's not about uh, gifts. It's about a savior. And therefore, the original Christmas tree should be considered the cross. Perhaps that seems a little graphic for us. And sometimes we think, well, you know, the cross. We want to think about that at Christmas time. Yeah, because ultimately that's why he came was to come to the cross. See, make no mistake about it, the whole reason for Christmas is that we need a Savior, not a baby. We need a Savior for the world. The gift of God was not just a simple babe born in a manger, but a Savior to fix all the brokenness in our world, to fix us. See, without Him, there is no hope. And, it, and the reason why He came was to, live, or to help us and to redeem us. See, lives are broken because of sin but repaired by the love of Christ. See, we, we sin every day, and it's only through Jesus Christ can we have even a hope of salvation. A young man named uh, Nijalon, Nijalon grew up in a rough neighborhood and sold drugs to pay rent. He was compelled to go on a mission trip by his teacher. So he went on this t- mission trip, and he came back, and he went right back to selling drugs. He was, grew up in a rough neighborhood. He ended up getting busted, and when the teacher found out, they rallied around him and supported him and encouraged him. And, and he ended up coming to faith in Christ. And he realized that that coming to faith in Christ was uh, God is using him to reach out to his community. I want you to watch his testimony. I grew up seeing people sell drugs and seeing people use drugs, but got to this point where, you know, my older brothers and my friends were selling drugs, and, you know, that was the way that we paid the rent, you know, and so I, I got in, introduced to, to selling drugs at a very early age. I started getting arrogant, you know, feeling like, you know, I'd never get caught, but the crazy thing was everybody that I ever saw sell drugs before, they all got caught, but I figured I was this, you know, special drug dealer that, you know, it would never happen to me. And 
it was at the end of my ninth grade year that was that's where my life really started to take this this turn. You know, um, I had met this teacher who was involved in this church here in Austin, and she was going on a mission trip, and then came back the next year. She showed us this video that she recorded, and man, the displayed how how people with next to nothing found joy in Christ. There was a young man on there, um, a young Kenyan man, and he said, you know, hey, we love y'all. We would love for y'all to come visit us here. So that's what she wanted us to see. But the invitation that we saw, we jumped on it and said, hey, we want to go. So we start doing these meetings every Wednesday night. I saw God working in my life the whole time as we were prepping for the trip. But I just had this doubt in the back of my mind that says, God, I know where I come from. I know what I do, and I know where I'm going to have to go back to when I come from this mission trip. Same prostitutes out there selling their bodies, same guys out there selling the same drug. I sold drugs the moments before I left for the mission trip and, you know, sold them as soon as I got back. So about, about two days later when I got back, you know, from a mission trip, I got caught selling crack to an undercover police officer. And it was, it was at that point where I was like, okay, guy, like, I'm at rock bottom. There's nothing that I can do. Like, I need you to intervene. Like, I remember going and telling a teacher what happened, and I remember her just, like, breaking down and crying and feel like she like she failed. The community that came around me during that time and was like, okay, you made a mistake, but just as you see it, we see God is calling you to something. You know, for me, that's, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to, you know, you made the choice, so therefore you have to deal with the consequences on your own. And I've heard the gospel preached, you know, many times, but the thing that was different in this situation was I was seeing the gospel lived out. I was seeing people literally be the hands and feet of Jesus. And at this point, I have a decision to make. Like, am I going to keep running with the world and the things that the world tell me to run after? Or am I going to run to, you know, what I know is, you know, true? And that's, you know, Jesus did die for my sins. You know, he did, you know, leave heaven and come to the ghetto. That's what he did, you know. And so at that point, you know, it was just a, a decision that I had to make and, you know, a decision that, you know, I made and, you know, community came around me and, you know, supported me in that decision and showed me, like, you know, what, is, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? I've been redeemed, not just for the sake of being redeemed, but um, to redeem those around me, to redeem the people that I come in contact with, the people that knew me, you know, before, you know, I accepted Christ. Like, those are the people who knew me at my lowest and darkest points. God has given me a mission. He's placed me in the neighborhood. He's placed me in, you know, for a reason. And we're called to make disciples. And so that's what I hope to do in my city. For Christ. You know, Christ is, is here for us to give us an opportunity to spend eternity with him. So let's think uh, about the Christmas tree for just a moment. I want you to think about the Christmas tree. And what would you think, is, if you think about the tree, and, and it, what would you think the, the most humblest part of the tree would be? What would be the, the most humblest part? of the Christmas tree. Now, I think the, the trunk 
is the most humblest part. When you think about the tree, the, the trunk is probably the most humblest part. You know, if you think about it a little bit, it's the, it's the foundation. It doesn't get a lot of glory, right? Because it's not like the, the leaves and the flowers. Because the flowers and all that, they get, they get a lot of attention. When you look at a tree, you don't think, oh, what a beautiful trunk. Wow, that's a beautiful trunk. I want to get a tree like that. Did you see that trunk on that tree? That's beautiful. No, we don't do that, right? We think of, we just, we think of the flowers, or we think of the leaves, or, or the, the branches. We don't think of the trunk. The trunk is the, the you know, a lot of times there's, there's no flowers, there's nothing growing on it except for moss or, or bugs. It's in the dirt. It's the most humblest part of the tree. You know, the, the, the trunk is where a lot of times, you know, woodpeckers would come and, and chip away at it, or bugs would go in there, or uh, animals would live in it. It's the, the trunk does all that. But it's not the prettiest. See, every time I think of a tree, I think of the tree in three parts. I think of the trunk, which is the, the humblest, the foundation. I think of the, the center is the, 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 the beautiful leaves, the beautiful uh, decora- decoration that God created on this. When we, when we look at it, we're like, oh, wow, look at those beautiful branches. And so that's the center. And then we have the top, which is the pinnacle. We have the top, who's the, that's the high point. You know, we, we, we put the, the angel on top. We don't put the angel or the star of our tree in the middle or on the bottom. We put it up on top. That's the, that's the, the central piece, the high point, the pinnacle. And it's the most celebrated part of a whole tree. See, when you compare that and you compare that to a life of Christ, we see some similarities. See, we see the humbleness when he came. He came in a, in a, in a, and he was in a manger, a wooden manger. Nothing extravagant. You know, when, when the queen of England comes, she travels around with a group of people. And, and there's very formal. I know we, in America, we don't, we don't have royalty like that. But, but in England and other, overseas, when you, when you have royalty, you, you come and they, they have groups of people protecting them. And, and everybody bows and everybody has certain etiquettes. And if you're going to go before the royalty, there's certain etiquettes that you have to learn beforehand to have this tradition to carry on. But the king of kings didn't do that. He was born in a, in a manger, in a, in a barn. And he, this manger made of wood, and it was a humble cradle of Christ's birth. And the centerpiece, the center of, the, of this life of Christ is our relationship with Him. That's the beauty of it. When you look at, look at a tree, we think, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Look at this. Well, life of Christ is that relationship with us. And we look at it and go, oh my gosh, God created the world and He has a relationship with me. Little old me. I don't deserve this, but yet He has a relationship with me. That's the beauty. That's the, that's the center of this tree. It's the fullness of God's beauty and His love for us at the cross where he gave his life to repair our broken lives. That is the fullness of God's love. And then we have the top, which is the crown, the, the pinnacle. And it's the high point of God's reign and rule over life and death. He was not defeated at the cross of Calvary. He resurrected three days later and is sitting as a king on the throne. He didn't die on the cross. He resurrected on the cross. The cross of Christmas, he, he truly showed himself to be King of kings and Lord of lords. As we are in our final week of Christmas, I, I want you to remember this true cross of Christmas. I want to, I, he conquered death and he gave victory to all who trust him.
in this last message, in this vintage Christmas, in this, the tree that we, we talk about and we, we think about, I want you to remember, remember three simple things. Three simple things. One is the humble cradle of our Lord. This Christmas, remember the humbleness of Jesus being born and coming to us in a barn, in a manger. Placed in a wood manger because there was no room in a, in a hotel. Jesus came to us in a very humble form. He came as a child. And, and as I was studying this and I was reflecting on this, you know, a, a child, or, or a human child, or any child, like, a, you know, a, if you've ever uh, been involved in animals and reproducing animals, or puppies, kittens, whatever, all these animals, all these newborns, all rely on what? The mom. They're, they're humble. They're always relying on something else. Jesus came as a child. A humble child having to rely on his mom and dad for support, to be able to be fed, a diaper change, all of that. Some might say this is a, a weak form, but God was bringing about any, or what God was doing was anything but weak. It was the strong power of God that was laying humbly in a manger. Do you realize that in order for us to receive God's magnificent power and glory, we must come humbly before God. Just like Jesus came into this world humbly, we have to humble ourselves before God. We must each humbly admit that we are broken because of our sin. And not only that God, through Jesus Christ, can put us together, and only through Him can we have healing. So this Christmas, remember that humble cradle. Not only that, but remember the cross. Jesus came to earth to do the will of the Father, with God the Father. Jesus honored the Father by obedience to His will. As you look at Christmas this year, I hope that as you, as you look at your tree and you think about Christmas, I hope you remember the obedience that Jesus had in honoring the Father, even to the point of placing Himself on the cross. Can you think about this? He was born in a, sto- in a stable. And his whole purpose was to go to that cross. 33 years old, he went on the cross. And his whole purpose was to go to that cross. Philippians remind us that Jesus, who, uh, that Jesus who came humbly in human form was fully obedient to honoring the Father. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It was his humble cradle and his honoring the Father on the cross that makes the celebration of Christmas possible. Beyond the cross of Christmas, that original Christmas tree, we find the sweet words, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. My hope is that each and every one of us as, uh, remembers that Jesus' whole earthly life was moving toward the cross for you and for me. We don't just look at a babe in a manger. We don't look at the Christmas tree because it's pretty. We remember Jesus. This Christmas, let us remember the humble cross, or the humble cradle, the honoring the cross, and the third, our heavenly crown. Do you remember the question that King Herod asked the Magi? Or was asked by the Magi when they were coming up looking for Jesus. Remember, he, he showed, they show up and they asked Herod a question. 
And we find it in Matthew 2, verse 2. It says, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? He didn't say, where, where was the baby? Hey, where's that baby that was born? We saw a star, so where's that baby? No, he looked, where was the newborn king? The Magi didn't ask anything else. They knew all too well that they would find more than one baby, and they're looking for the king. You see, Jesus really is the king of kings and lord of lords. His is the crown of heaven and earth. He rules over everything. Take a look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and earth and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominations or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead, that, so that he might come to have pl- first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwelled within, dwell in him. Now, don't miss this part, verse 20. And through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of the cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Jesus wears the heavenly crown and he rules over everything. Because God's great love for you and me, he sent a Savior. Broken as you were, Jesus, through his cross, the original Christmas tree has been made whole. You have to trust him. Don't miss the greatest gift of the season. As we go into the the Christmas season, as we finish our last week, remember the, the Savior came in a manger and he went to the cross. Remember the humble cradle. Remember the honoring the cross. And remember, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's pray birth and and sacrifice and and love for us lord i can't imagine i can't imagine all that he went through to end up on that cross for us and the sacrifice that he has given and father god i ask you to always help us or uh, to help us always remember the real reason for this holiday it's not gifts it's not a tree it's nothing more than a savior coming for us coming so we can have eternal life so we can have a relationship with god thank you so much for that lord and i pray that all of us remember that this holiday season in jesus name amen